Hi, I'm Kwame Christian, CEO of the American Negotiation Institute, and I have a quick question for you. When was the last time you had a difficult conversation? These conversations happen all the time, and that's exactly why you should listen to Negotiate Anything, the number one negotiation podcast in the world. We produce episodes every single day to help you lead, persuade, and resolve conflicts both at work and at home. So level up your negotiation skills by making Negotiate Anything part of your daily routine. LinkedIn presents. From entrepreneurship to global business leadership, from challenges to self-discovery to our ever-changing future, what separates those who win and those who get passed by? This is The Yes Factor with Winnie Sun. Communication is key. With digital media, we can easily communicate with others and the weight of our words have a greater impact for better or worse. This is why we need to be not just good communicators, but also effective ones who can empower and influence with our words. So how do we build these skills? Why is it important to be a strong communicator? Let me introduce you to someone who has these answers. I'm happy to welcome my good friend, Jamie Cohen, an international recognized speaker, communication strategist and coach and founder of The Right Words. She knows how to use the power of communication to improve and advance your personal and professional lives. Join us to find the right words with Jamie. I want to welcome to the show. How are you, Jamie? Hi, thank you for having me. Doing well. I am so happy to see you. I'm happy to see you too. Many of you are very familiar with her. If if you are on LinkedIn, you'd be hard pressed not to know Jamie. But you know she's kind of a dynamo there. But if not, you probably know her from many of the things that she's already done. She's an internationally recognized speaker. She's the founder of the Right Words, which I love that the Right Words. We all could use more of that, right? She's a communication strategist, and she's a coach who takes you from good to great for more impactful connection and meaningful communication. And as a social media pioneer. <laughs> and I laugh at that word, Jamie, because you know you're so young. But yes, you are absolutely a social media pioneer and communications expert. Her trainings had advanced careers, created strong leaders, and she's actually helped negotiate more than two million in salaries. And I know those of you who are saying, "Wow, I could probably use her help." Well, you're in for a treat. We're going to learn a lot from her today. She's also a top LinkedIn content creator and LinkedIn learning author. So if you're looking to even level up your own communication style and skills, you can also go to LinkedIn Learning for her course there. And the courses have helped, believe it or not, like you're not, you're going to love this. I mean, she's helped almost 90,000 learners already. And I know that number continues to grow. She's a very, very popular instructor on LinkedIn Learning. So definitely check out her courses. Now, Jamie has taught individuals and teams understand each each other so that they can build stronger relationships. I know we love that towards helping an organization's be it, its best self. Sometimes I don't think about an organization wanting to be its best self, but Jamie, I feel like that's a great way to put it. It's, it's so interesting because as so many things changed during the pandemic and we went from, in a lot of organizations, having this 
clear hierarchy and this ladder that you would climb to get to where you want to go. But as we know with sales and with everything changing in this generation, it's all about relationships. And the companies that are doing the best now, not just the individuals, are the ones that are so focused on how their employees feel and not just how they feel, what they think and applying that to the organization. And even beyond that, how do the employees interact with one another? And even taking it a step further, when you think about what creates a strong culture, you might think about core values, you might think about having a ping pong table, but really it's how involved are the people and how supported do they feel? Because at the end of the day, a company's greatest advocates are its employees. As someone who runs a business, I absolutely can vouch for this. And I love it when um, clients or prospective clients tell me, wow, I just love your team. I love such and such member of your team. And that's so true. They are absolutely a reflection of our core values and the heart of our business. I, I got a chance to meet you not too long ago in person. I was always so impressed by the things, your thoughtfulness when you, you, you meet individuals. But I remember something very fondly. One of the first times we got together, you had visited our office and you brought your laptop and you set up. And I remember you said, this isn't going to take that long, but I really want to do. It's very important I do this. And you sat down and I think you were actually doing coaching with one of your clients in another country, a very big event. I think it's something like that. Do you remember that? I do. And it was a number of things. I think there was there was a client, but also I each Friday I had this series, which I've put on pause for a while called Find Me Friday, where I was focusing on using my flat platform to focus on individuals whose platforms might not be as large so that they can get exposure that they need. So whether that is looking for a job or finding new employees or finding connections. This was a way that I got people connected to one another. And that series alone got over a million views. So through through that, people found jobs and found talent and can made these amazing connections in the comments. And I was I was very um, structured then about getting it out every single Friday. So I really appreciate your support in that moment because I know we were about to do a live together. Um, but yeah, it was. It's called Find Me Friday. It may be coming back. We will see. But it's focused on sharing, sharing the love. If you have a light, shine it on others, and then the light shines brighter. I always think. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely want to follow Jamie Cohen on LinkedIn because I do know that's a great. That's where I follow her, and I love getting those updates. And she's always up to something really, really unique. Now let's talk about this, Jamie. I want to start and talk about your backstory and how you came to where you are right now. How you find your purpose, and you know, I think oftentimes we we grow up we're not thinking that we're going to become a coach that helps individuals be able to negotiate for higher uh, pay and wages and promotion um how did you get to to where you are today i this question is always a fun question to answer because i feel like i've had more careers in my short time being in the workforce than some than you know a number of people combined i was a a Spanish interpreter, a competitive salsa dancer. I was in comedy. I was in real estate. I did marketing, sales, business development, so many different things. But I never anticipated that I would be where I am now. So everyone in my family is in medicine in some way or another. And at one point, I thought that I'd be going to medical school, but through a number of twists and turns, here I am. So when I graduated college, it was at, it was at the height of the recession, and I had 
three majors and a minor. I spoke four languages and I could not find a job. Coming from a medical family, I didn't realize that you needed to have an internship in order to get placed in a position, at least at that time. So I was just running around hoping for the best. And I moved home um, from college for about a year and a half. I was pretty down because I thought I was going to go into medicine and then I thought I was going to get into acting, which those would happen later on. But at that moment, at 22 years old, you feel like the world is ending if you don't go and do the things that you had planned to do. And it was actually the way that I got my first position. And I don't think I've ever shared this before. I, I was at home. I was always busy. So I was I didn't know what... To, to do with myself. And I was working in the grocery store kitchen and I was bartending and I was serving. And I actually was one of the people who first got started on Fiverr years and years and years ago. So I was creating all these videos, but I still, it was just, I was all over the place and I still wanted to do something more. And I was just really down one day and my mom comes into my room and she dials a phone number. I'm like, what are you doing mom? And she she calls and she says, hi, uh, this is Jamie Cohen, and I'd like to apply to be a Spanish interpreter. And I said, mom, what are you doing? And then she just handed the phone to me. And I'm so embarrassed because we sound a little bit alike, but not that much. I said, hi. And they said, was that your mom? And I said, I don't really know that, that I'm a little I have a I have a cough today. Uh, but I would like to apply to be an interpreter. And that was my first experience with imposter syndrome because I spoke Spanish, but I didn't, I was the only person at this facility who was a non-native speaker. So I went in for my interview and I had to fill out this form to see if I spoke fluently and I did, but I still thought there's no way that, that I can make it here. And through that experience, I spoke Spanish fluently, but there's a difference between speaking it fluently and being fluent in conversation. And through that experience, I, I, I made so many incredible connections and all of the things that I've been passionate about just kind of combined into one. So if you don't know much about interpreting, it's not just translating from one language to another because there's not a direct translation. And so you have to ask questions, you have to find context, you have to hear the story and then create a new story that you can deliver to the person who speaks the other language. And this, this was such a challenge because a lot of the patients that came in, so I was in a medical facility, a lot of the patients that came in were illiterate. So they didn't really, they didn't speak Spanish that well, but they didn't speak English and a lot of them couldn't read. So I had to find ways to, to navigate those stories. And then a lot of patients would come in and they didn't have teeth or they come from a variety of different countries with different dialects that they used. And so that was an incredible experience that laid the foundation, I think, for everything that I'm doing now. Fast forward a little bit. Everything that I've done has always surrounded connection and storytelling and not, not just speaking to be heard, but listening to share and connect. And I was always the friend that people came to for advice about how to talk to their teachers or how to talk to their parents or spouses, or as I got older, their, their bosses. I was always helping people with that. And so after having 
been an interpreter, I moved to Chicago and I wanted to pursue comedy. So I was doing stand up and improv and I was part of an improv team called the Lungers and we performed all around Chicago. Um, and I studied at Improv Olympic in Second City and it was a lot of fun. And being the person that I am, I had to do 10 things at once. So I also became a competitive salsa dancer, was competing pro-am and was slated to compete at the World Salsa Congress, but then a number of things happened with my partner and that didn't end up happening, but it was still an incredible experience. After doing that for a while, I I, I thought that that's what I would pursue. I was going to go into, I was going to go into the entertainment world. And I sort of ended up doing that, but in the path was a little bit different than I anticipated. But then um, suddenly my mom was diagnosed with terminal cancer and I just didn't have the energy to pound the pavement anymore. And I just dropped everything. And I said, okay, now I have to get serious with my life. So I, now I'm just going to drop all of these artistic passions and I'm going to go back to focusing on medicine and I'm going to go to medical school. With everything that was going on, it just proved too complicated for me to navigate that. And after she passed, it really changed you know, losing, losing a parent when you're young is this very strange experience because you're an individual, but or a lot of finding yourself even comes from removing yourself from your parents, but still knowing that they're there. And so having the person ripped away from me, it changed the trajectory of my entire life. I decided, okay, well, this is too much for me right now. I'm just going to I'm going to go and apply for jobs and just get something that's consistent because I can't handle going to auditions and competing at these different places. It's just, it's too much for my head and my heart to handle. I was doing um, marketing as the head of marketing for this real estate company. At first it started out as this great experience. I saw this potential to help grow this business and I, I'm always very attracted to potential. I love seeing someone who's doing something well and helping them get to that next level. But ultimately it turned out to be a pretty toxic environment and I dealt with a lot of a lot of terrible things, which ultimately caused me to turn inward and develop a lot of social anxiety. And I knew that I had to get out of this position, but I, I just didn't know what to do. And during that time, I had seen I'd seen LinkedIn changing. So instead of just posting articles and posting different congratulatory messages, people were starting to share stories. And I remember in particular seeing Michaela Alexis sharing stories of her journey of losing her job and what she did to find a new one and building this career for herself. I remember just being in awe thinking, wow, I'm in this terrible position and I'm desperate to to spread my wings and do something good and feel good about it also and to connect with people. And that's just not possible here. So I started sharing my story. I, I didn't get a lot of traction, but I remember hitting post on that first post and feeling so good about getting something out there because like I said, everything I've done has been storytelling from and, and entertaining from the interpreting to the dancing, to the comedy, to even going out and selling all of those things were really connected to telling this story. And so I put it out there and I had some people respond and I thought like, wow, this feels so great. And I remember, I think I got like 15 likes and a couple of, comments. and I was like, this is amazing. It's like people care about what I have to say, but more, more importantly than that, 
it made them feel a certain way. And that certain way made them feel heard and seen. I was in this position where I, I was working with this coach and saying, I, I desperately want to get out of here, but I don't know what to do. And this person was really well-intentioned and they kept saying to me, how much are you willing to tolerate? Because like I said, this was a toxic environment, but I couldn't, I didn't have the luxury of just quitting my job. I said, I, I'm not willing to tolerate any of this, but I need to be able to pay my bills and I don't know I would love to go off on my own. I'd love to help people. I don't know what people would pay me for. I was hoping that they could give me this answer, but that's not always how it works. And so I kept creating content and noticed that I, I didn't have a specific niche. I just talked about things that were interesting to me. I talked about experiences that I had and people started sending me messages saying, wow, this really resonated with me. And I really appreciate you sharing this because I've been looking for a better way to say this. I've been looking for a way to outline how I'm feeling and I've never been able to find the words. You know, I was the person that people came to for advice, but I always thought I was being a good friend. I just thought I'm being a good friend, I'm helping them. But then suddenly the people who were taking my advice to a T were having crazy success. And I kept thinking, wow, this is so amazing. I'm so proud of them. But also in the back of my mind, I was thinking, well, when does it happen for me? When do I get my moment? And sharing this content on LinkedIn and creating this community and connecting with all these incredible people, I realized, oh, what I'm doing is a service I could provide. It's something, it's not just being a good friend. It's something that if I monetize, it not only benefits me, but it benefits a larger group of people because it's not just for friends anymore. It's for people around the world. It was actually Chantel Sumis, who I met through LinkedIn is a great friend of mine. And she, she helped me navigate the process of setting up my company and helped me get one of my first clients. And it was incredible to feel like, wow, I did this impacting people and I'm connecting with these incredible people and the, the opportunities are endless. And it's not like it's been all rainbows and sunshine since then, but and you know, entrepreneurship never is, but it's been an incredible experience to be able to connect deeply with people, to be able to have an impact on their lives and to be able, and also to be able to find joy that took me a long time to find after my mom passed away through the success of people around me. I know it's incredible. I mean, going through this at such a young age and you're, and you're absolutely right. I, I can understand like losing a parent completely changes you. And you're, you're not quite the same for a very long time, you know, but Jamie, I want to come back to this because I, I know this is your expertise. You're so good at organically helping people because you really do care. I remember um, getting a chance to share the stage with you at VidCon and hearing your story. And it was really just an, so inspiring. I want you to talk about this. So the difference between being articulate and being a strong communicator. This is something that I know you've shared in your course and as well as on, on your videos as well. But I think that so often when we think that we're being effective, perhaps we're not. Maybe you could talk about that a little bit. So I'm sure you've all had an experience where you hear someone speak and the way that they put words together sounds so beautiful. And you think to yourself, if only I could speak that way. And it's, it's almost like hearing poetry and you're inspired and excited, but then you sit with yourself and you realize you don't understand a thing that they said. And there is this, there's this misconception that in order to be a strong communicator, in order to be an effective communicator, in order to connect with people, you have to have a large vocabulary. But the fact of the matter is, in order to connect deeply with people, you have to speak in a language they understand. 
And an example that I always give of this is if you imagine yourself standing on a stage, you are the top expert in your respective field, and you are sharing this information with the audience, and everyone's eyes, is, eyes are glazing over, and they don't understand a thing you're saying. You're speaking in English, and there's they don't speak English. Let's say they speak um, Italian. They're not stupid. They just don't speak English. So how could they possibly understand what it is that you're saying? And if we take this down to even just English and have having a large vocabulary versus the average person, if you use these big, fancy, impressive words, the information whose goal is to connect with these people might go right over their heads. And while you might sound good, they're not going to remember what you had to say. And so the biggest part of being a good communicator is not only being able to synthesize information in a way that is tangible and digestible for your audience, but it's also being a good listener. What do the people around you need? What do they want? And how do you create that connect between the want and need through sharing your information in a language that they can understand? And we'll be right back with Jamie after this quick break. I'm Kwame Christian, and I am the CEO of the American Negotiation Institute, and I want you to check out my podcast, Negotiate Real Change. Listen to conversations with leaders in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, and learn the secrets behind what it really takes to become a successful advocate, ally, and change maker in your organization. Check out Negotiate Real Change on your favorite podcast player. So true. You know, we want to talk about this because we've talked about the importance of communication, right? That it's such a it's such an important, powerful uh, tool for achieving goals, right? For individuals and businesses. Tell me why. Why is this so key? And do you feel like this should be taught more um, in the workplace, in the classroom? What are your thoughts here? This is something that should be taught everywhere, and truthfully, it's just it's something that should be taught as early as kindergarten, because being a strong communicator isn't just about telling your story and the words that you use. It's also psychological. It's being able to effectively communicate how you feel. And if you're acting a particular way to describe why you're acting that way and how it's relevant to the situation. And if not in elementary school, this is something that should be definitely taught in college where there, I mean, there's so many things that should be taught in college or even in high school, learning how to how to pay your bills and how to um, set up your retirement account and le learning how to connect with people and not just go and look for something that's transactional because those are the sort of skills that we're told. I remember when I graduated, I thought that you go to a networking event, you give someone your card, and then they call you and give you a job. <laughs> that is not how it works. But I think there's a lot of people who think that way. And it's a shame that in schools, we don't have we don't have this training that teaches us, okay, well, all you have to do is be yourself, be human, and figure out the humanity in that other person, connect with them, build a friendship, build some sort of relationship. And that that's how you'll be able to create those connections. And so it's something that should definitely be taught. And so, Jamie, I want to, I'm curious about this, you know, some of our listeners or viewers might say, well, building relationships isn't really my strong suit. You know, mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm an introvert. I just, I get awkwardness happens. I just don't even know what to say. How can people start? What are some tools that you would, you would advise them to think about? 
So something that I always share that people are often surprised by is I'm somewhere on that introvert scale. I'm not shy by any means, but introvert versus extrovert, that's how we recharge. So I recharge alone, extroverts recharge in a group of people. For a lot of introverts, I think a lot of them believe that they have social anxiety, but really it's just understanding how to manage your energy. And this is something that I focus on a lot with my clients. What are ways that you can insert yourself into situations where you might feel uncomfortable and sustainably maintain your energy so that way you can have a successful interaction? Something that is really powerful and something that's really important and something that I actually don't prefer, but have realized its power is small talk. For a lot of people, this is something they shy away from or that they don't like, or they think that they're not good at, but small talk is an integral part of relationship building. And so just a couple tips that you, that you can use. It's something that you're not good at, or if you don't know how to, how, how to start, or you feel awkward is making observations and asking questions. That is a great way to get started. And also, let's just say, for example, a networking event. And I know we're easing our way back into more in-person events, but something that I always recommend for people who are shy or people who are introverted is to get there early and survey the scene. So get comfortable with the surroundings, see where everything is, find an exit if you have to, so you know your escape plan. And then find an individual and warm up. So just like you would in sports, have a warm up conversation. That could be something like, hey, and in introducing yourself, um, is this your first time at this event? Because that's an easy question and that's already tossing the ball to the other person. And if they say, if they just give you a one word answer, you have the opportunity to make observations. Like this is really interesting. I've never been to a place like this before. Um, I usually do X, Y, and Z. And so you can start a conversation that's focused on connecting rather than just going into, oh, so what do you do? When you ask that question, that takes the relationship building and it just moves it to the side and suddenly it just becomes a transactional sort of interaction. Absolutely. I agree with that. I, I love that advice, Jamie. I think we can all relate to going to different meetings, going maybe to a cocktail event, and really not knowing where to start. And I, I love that because you're not putting the focus directly on that person because oftentimes if someone comes up to you and says, what do you do for a living or what or why are you here? You almost feel like you're, you might be being sold something, right? Instead of just being there in that moment, sort of both experiencing and, and having that small talk. So super, super helpful. I want to talk about this. You know, a lot of people have referencing nowadays, especially the importance of having a personal brand. And so often people associate having a personal brand with something online or on the web or on social media. But, you know, one thing that I think is important to recognize that it, it has to be able to go beyond digital, right? When you think about personal brand, um, Jamie, what are your thoughts there? So this is something that has become a buzzword. And if we go back to talking about having a big vocabulary, there in, especially in the corporate world, people love to throw around buzzwords to make a more complete thought, but it actually can create a more convoluted thought. But your personal brand isn't, a lot of people think about, oh, it's your website or your your logo or the colors that you use, the font that you use, um, the, the designs that you put up, but really it's your reputation. It's 
what people say about you when you're not in the room. And if you're doing it the right way, I don't like to say right or wrong. If you're making positive moves, then your story precedes you and it helps to create these warm interactions. And so a big part of your personal brand, it's included, but it starts outside of the web, is your story. What makes you you? Why do you do the things you do? What's important to you? And this is something that is really valuable in building relationships, so even friendships, and even within a, a work setting outside of social media. What do people say about you or what do they know about you? So an example I like to give with this is if you think of one of the most popular kids in your high school, and you think back to what people said about them. If you think really, really carefully, I bet you'll remember that person saying those same things about themselves. So they spoke really positively about themselves, not in this necessarily braggadocious way. They weren't bragging about themselves, but they talked about things that were positive about them. And then other people repeated that. And so when we do that as adults, we're giving people, people like to share information and we're doing the homework for them. So we're giving them information that they can share and then they can add their spin on it when they share it with the next person. So it's like this positive game of telephone. Positive game of telephone. Really powerful, Jamie Cohen. I love that. All right, let me ask you this. What else have I not asked you that you're, you're able to share with us today? Well, one thing I wanted to touch on is feeling empowered to use your voice. So something that I've been working on a lot lately and something that a lot of, of that I see a lot is that women, especially in the tech world or even in the finance world, which is why you're such an amazing example, don't feel confident speaking up. And if they do, sometimes they have negative experiences where men will speak over them. They, they will, they will shift their ideas. So if a woman says something, a man may just continue talking and take it on as as their idea. So I something that I always want to impart on on women and and people who feel less empowered to share is to is to just start by taking action. If it feels scary, all all you have to do is take that first step. And that sounds really cliche, um, but the first step is always the hardest. And if you have that interaction where, and I want to give an example, if you have an interaction where you share something and uh, a man talks over you, here's a phrase that you can use to navigate it back to yourself and have a still a positive and polite interaction. If someone speaks over you and you want to continue your thought, you can say, hey, I that I want to just circle back to what I was saying and uh, have a little bit more that I'm going to share. And that way you're able to continue with your thought. You're able to share it positively and eloquently, and you don't have to directly speak to the fact that someone spoke over you or interrupted you. And you can still have that thought expressed. I love that. That's so important. We need to get our thoughts out there, but we can do so in a very polite way that doesn't offend anybody, but it still makes sure that we get the time that we need. And so, Jamie, when you think of a public figure who really personifies a strong communicator, this is a space that you know very well. Who do you think of? I immediately think of Amy Cuddy. So if you don't know Amy Cuddy, she is a powerhouse communicator. She's a social psychologist, and she was the woman who coined the power posing. So before going into a meeting, doing the, the victory pose, and her research was saying that it can actually create a chemical change in your body that makes you feel more confident when you're speaking. And she does such a great job of making people feel included in conversation. So I've had the 
opportunity and honor to uh, speak with her on Clubhouse. And she does a great people. She does a great job of bringing people in and making people feel included. I love that. Amazing. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you for sharing her with us. We'll have to check her out. All right. Second question for you, Jamie. And then this is it. Uh, you know, we do believe that everyone has their own yes factor, that special something. Maybe it's a superpower. What do you think your yes factor is? I think my yes factor is making people or helping people to feel confident in celebrating themselves. And something that I always say is that celebrating is participating actively in gratitude. So I, I feel like I do a great job of giving people the, the energy and empowering them to believe that they are enough and then providing them with the tools to be even more successful than they thought they could. I think that's actually right on. I absolutely would agree, Jamie. I think you're just an incredible, incredibly kind and generous human being and just... I don't know. You're always present. That when I when I think of you, Jamie, I think about like just someone who's really grounded, who's present, who's there generally as a friend, and someone that you want to hold tight in your inner circle for for years and years and years for life. Um, so it is such a treat, Jamie Cohen, to have you with us today. For those who want to follow and learn more about you, where should we invite them to visit? Uh, you can always follow me on LinkedIn. That's where I spend the majority of my time. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram. I share uh, a lot of Instagram stories there, uh, sort of behind the scenes. And uh, my website is under construction right now, but if you do want to get in touch and talk about coaching or having me come and speak to your organization, you can get in touch that way. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Jamie, for taking the time to be here with me. Thank you so much. I, I miss you. I miss you too. Thank you so much. Powerful communicators have that charisma that really helps them shine. And Jamie never fails to amaze. When I first started Yes Factor, the podcast, one of our priorities was being able to tell these stories, having wonderful guests, have meaningful experiences. So learning about Jamie and how to be an effective communicator is just part of that. I hope you also have learned how to leverage your own voice today. If this episode resonated with you, or if you have further questions, comment and subscribe. I'd love to hear from you. Join me again next week as we share another episode of Yes Factor with you. Thank you and be well.